You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 480, and god damn, it's good to be back. I'm your host, Chicky Mick, alongside me, the man, the myth, the legend, the legend, I can't even speak, it's Alex. Finally, Tricky Mick has returned to Trophy Horrors, and he brought his, his soundboard. Yes, you guys missed that. He brings the awesome, and he's glad he's going to hear the soundbite later. It's I Yield to No One. I have gone down a rabbit hole, and Alex will not be happy about it. Oh my god, he's oh, playing no. Fortnite. By the silence, I'm hoping that's not it. <laughs> You'll have to wait until what I've been playing. Uh, that silence scares me, Yield. But, uh, as promised last week, I was supposed to be here, and this gentleman was also supposed to be here. He is the master of the legitness. It's Levi. You know, I, I'm a somewhat regular guest on the show now. We, we record about once a month, but it seems like it's been a year since I've recorded with you, Tricky Mick. I, I forgot what it was even like to record with you, so it's it's awesome to see you back on your own damn show again. <laughs> yes, and, and I'm sorry that you have to suffer on the other shows without the professionalism that is here on Trophy Horse. Professionalism? No. We're, oh, no, almost, we're almost 20 that. minutes late here. Well, it's still professionalism. I mean, I got I got the soundboard. You know, I got things going. You know, I bring the knowledge that I have to. Hey, there's three. Cut him a cut him a break, yield. He has showed up to his own show. So I mean, that is that's, that's something. But you're He's right in the right track. You're right. That's something. Baby steps. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna address this because uh, I got permission to address this. I'm gonna make a quick thing, and then we're gonna move on, and we're not gonna discuss it any further. Uh, the reason that I have been going, uh, I haven't been on the show is I was going through some personal issues. Me and the goddess have officially split up. And in the process of doing that, you know, I need some time off. I need to get my head straight. So I appreciate uh, very much that Alex and Yield have held down the show and done their part. Uh, you know, it's sad. Uh, it's me, me and the goddess. We don't hate each other. It wasn't like we were fighting and screaming at each other. We just wanted different things out of life. And, you know, it took a while to get everything straight. And we have separated. And now it's time to move on. So I'm glad to be back. And like I said, Alex and Yield, I'm very grateful that you guys held the show down. You guys did a fantastic job. Other than the fact that there's three things in this week's agenda that I have to clarify that you guys messed up last week. But we'll get to that as we get to it. It's probably just a matter of opinion. Well, so, well I, uh, two of them are a matter of opinion. One, I just wanted to clarify. Uh, actually, two of them I had to clarify. So it, it, it is what it is. But again, thank you very much for holding down the four guys. I, I know I said this you know privately within text messages and whatnot, but I want to say publicly... I cannot thank you guys enough for holding down the fort while I was going through my separation. No problem. We're all we're all in yeah. this we're all in this sinking ship together. We're all bored in water uh, together. 
Uh, and just for the record, you know, I don't want anybody messaging the goddess asking what's going on. Uh, she just asked to everybody that, you know, respect her privacy. And, you know, I she gave me permission to talk about this to clarify it just to let everybody know what was going on. So if, you know, you don't hear me talk about her or you don't hear me say anything, you know why. But with that being said, let's go into our updated trophy counts. I am level 607 total trophies of 14,022 with a plat count of 255. Uh, that is going to be going up to the 260s very soon. And we'll discuss that when we get into what we're playing. Alex. Judging by what you just said there, I'm not sure I want to hear what you've been playing. Rat plat, rat plat, rat plat, rat plat. Probably uh, a rat plat. Fan. I am level 443 with a total trophy count of 7,308 and a platinum count of 112 in 111 games. Yield four four six with a trophy count of seven three seven five and a plaque count of one twenty four. Sid is level five fifteen with a total trophies of ten thousand three hundred thirty four with one hundred and seventy six platinums in one hundred and seventy six games. Levi, I'm getting there. <laughs> you getting there? It will. It will eventually happen. I will. I will get my first trophy. Probably this year. My, I mean, my first platinum probably this year. All right. What, what are your trophies at, sir? Oh, uh, I don't. I did. I didn't actually get that. It's around eight thousand, though. Oh, well, it's eight thousand bronze. It, it, we put it in the agenda for you. Lee. Oh, Levi did you? is yeah. hundred level one hundred eighty three with a total trophy count of seven hundred and five. Well, there we go. You said eight thousand. So you meant seven, seven eight hundred. Look, he's just calling a shot. I see that now. He's calling yeah. a shot. He knows that he's going to get there at some point, and he'll be able to come on the show and be like eight thousand. Just drop it down on the table. Also tricky. Nowhere on this agenda yes. do I see an entire half an hour carved out for Levi to talk about how much he enjoys Resident Evil Village. Oh, uh, because we're not talking about that garbage ass game for half an hour. Oh, now. now. So it's a, well, well, it's a good what. thing we have what we're playing, and he can spend a half hour talking about it. Oh, my God, Tricky. Yeah, exactly. The first time you record exactly. with Levi in, the first, in, the, in how, God knows how long, and you're already looking to pick a fight. You took a low blow. Yeah, low well, blow. Hold, hold on a second. Go, to, on. Your, oh, go to your corner. We got to take a timeout. Let's clarify something here real quick. For the first, I don't know, six months that I knew Levi, he did nothing but troll me relentlessly. It was hilarious. I come... I come back with one zing at him, and everybody's throwing shade at me? Yes. Hey, you didn't insult me. You insulted an amazing franchise. That is that is stepping across Tricky, the Tricky, I will have Let you know that via GameSpot, GameSpot has reported that Resident Evil Village is the fastest-selling game in the series. So. You know, you could, you could polish a turd, but it's still a turd at the end of the day. It surpassed three million in well, four days never. with cumulative sales. I all right, so let's get into what we're playing. Levi, since I insulted the, the a great franchise, I'll let you lead it off. Sir, what have you been playing? Well, obviously, that's that's the only game I've been playing. I've, I've been working so much, I haven't yet to play a lot of video games, and I actually, I haven't even beat Resident Evil 8 yet. I'm probably seven hours in, so I've probably got two or three hours left. And I'm going to be honest, you have a lot of people throwing around this language like, best Resident Evil game of all time. It's it's better than 7. In my opinion, it is not. It is not better than 7. To me, 7 is just an absolute masterpiece. 
Well, Levi, before um, you go on, let me ask you, do you think that's like a recency bias? Like the newest game or the newest movie that you've seen is like the best in the series? It always is. Yeah, it always is. I think this will die down, you know, in another year and people are like, okay, um, you know, they'll replay seven. They'll rethink this thing through. And I mean, it's it's really hard to compare any Resident Evil game to seven. Um, the only two that, in my opinion, can compare to seven is the original two and four the the original two four and seven that to me those three games are head and shoulders above any other resident evil game ever made and that's including eight that being said i probably would have to say resident evil eight is my number four now it is just below those games it is a masterpiece it's an amazing game uh visually it's by far the most beautiful resident evil game and it's probably visually one of the best games i've ever played um Visually, I put it up there probably just a click below Cyberpunk. I mean, it looks that good. A small click below Cyberpunk. Uh, the story, amazing. Uh, it's like what they did with the gameplay. It's a little bit of a fusion of uh, Resident Evil 4 and 7. It's kind of like if you put 4 and 7 together um, and, and just took the best of both worlds. That's kind of what you got with 8. Um, I won't go on about it for a half an hour, but uh, that is the main one I've been playing. And any any survival horror fan, you you need to get out there and play that. Uh, the only other game I've been playing, is, and it's the first time I've played it through. Uh, oh, I can't what I can't even think of the name of it now. Evil Dead. Um, it's a Bethesda game. What's it? Cause it called is Evil it Dead. Evil Within. Evil, uh, Evil Within, yeah, Evil Within. Sorry, I, I, my my mind went blank. Evil Within. So I'd never played Evil Within, even though I'm a diehard fan of survival horror, and it just it never caught my radar. And finally, I think it was Joe uh, Joe Priestley. He said, "Hey, you need to really you need to give this a shot." And I've tried it, and it is awesome. It really is, and it's it's a fairly long game. So you you've got fifteen, maybe twenty hours of good gameplay. Um, I mean, if it was in the Resident Evil franchise, it would it would be right at home. It's it's wonderful. Hey, Levi, let me ask you about Resident Evil because one of the th- like I was uh, on Friday. I do overnights and I work with a guy. We we unwrap pallets and we we stock uh, dairy goods in the grocery section every Friday overnight. And one of the things yeah. we talk about, we talk about you know music, video games, and he's been playing Resident Evil. And one of the things that he talked about is how the newer Resident Evil games, and I'm assuming he meant you know Resident Evil Seven and Village. They're not super long. I, you know, I remember f- five and six no. being pr- like decently long games, but it seems like they've scaled back seven and eight. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing because there's definitely a point when some games can overstay their welcome and give you just a bunch of filler gameplay that you don't really want to do. But what you're saying is, uh, with how much time you think you have left, it seems like Resident Evil Village and Seven as well do a really good job of striking a, you know, we're going to, you know, tell the story we want and we're going to be a lot of fun gameplay, but we're not going to, you know, overbalance everything with a bunch of crappy gameplay just to blow the time. It seems like they find the right mix of gameplay and time there. Right. That's one of my big quarrels with gaming, and it's why I won't play JRPGs for the most part. You know, and not to get off on JRPGs, but that's a a great example. Um, Most of these JRPGs, it is a... It's a wonderful 10 or maybe 20 hour game that is then has 20, 30 hours of just repetitive grinding nonsense that then t- turns what should be a masterpiece video game 
into something that I can't even suffer through because of millions of random encounters and so much grinding. Uh, Resident Evil, now now to, to take it back a step, you talk about them being shorter, really. I've played all of the mainline Resident Evil games now and, and most of the offshoots. There's only a few Resident Evil games I haven't played. Um, and I can't recall a single one of them being longer than 10 hours. I mean, they're all pretty short. They've always been pretty short. Um, even, you know, the original 1, 2, and 3. You know, they, they, the reason I guess they might appear longer to some people is because they were a more challenging video game. But once you've played it, say, that first time, and you've beat it, you know how to beat that game, you go back and play it the second time, like Resident Evil 1 and 2, you can beat those games in 5 or 6 hours. So they're they're all, and always have been, pretty short. But I do think the franchise really excels in, in doing exactly what you said. Getting to the point, giving you an amazing story, amazing gameplay, and nothing else. Um, ending it at that. Now that being said, 3, I think 3 was a little too short for my taste. Um, I think I beat that game the first time through in 6 hours and 45 minutes. That's a little too short. Um, the 8 appears to also be a little too short. They they try to make up with it by giving you like a, a free-to-play game that goes with it. Um, like this time it's Reverse. It's like uh, six-man combat. Um, with 3, the game that came out, I can't remember what it was called, Resistance or something along those lines. It was, you know, Mastermind versus four people. So you're trying to defeat the Mastermind. Those games, I'm not a huge fan of them, but at least they're throwing you in a little something extra. Uh, but yeah, to, to answer your question, they, they do a great job of, of just giving you enough really great gameplay, holding your interest, in, and then ending it without a bunch of grind. Well, and credit to Capcom in general, because like with ser- some of their more venerated series like Resident Evil, like Mega Man, they've, done, they've released some really, really good games in those series in recent years after, you know, kind of sometimes veering off and maybe putting out something that fans weren't really happy with. People really didn't like how, you know, the Resident Evil series took a turn more towards action with Resident Evil 5. And and also with Mega Man, you know, some of the later Mega Man X games, people just weren't happy with the quality of those. And, you know, especially um, with Inafune Inafune being gone from Capcom, um, they kind of took a turn away from where I think a lot of people wanted them to take Mega Man. But then Mega Man 11 came out, and it was fantastic. So um, they've done a really good job of, you know, kind of, you know, calling an audible and listening to fans when it comes to a lot of their their more popular, beloved franchises. They have really evolved with both of those franchises, uh, Mega Man and Resident Evil. And it's like, you know, 5 was a good game. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Resident Evil 5 was a great game. But you had, you know, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, and Code Veronica, these were true horror games. Then you had five that rolled in, and it was just a pure action shooter. I mean, it had little or no horror in it. Six, all six was just a nightmare. It was a terrible game. I'll, I'll agree but with you then, on that. The only thing that was good about six, well, I'll say this over and over again, was the Phantom Anaconda. The The Phantom Snake was cool. Everything else in that game was terrible. Everything else in that game was terrible. Right, but yeah, I mean, they they learned from, the, they tried something new, they tried to take the series in a different direction, and they said, hey, this isn't working, let's, let's go back to the drawing board, and what they came out with after that was, you know, then they, they came out with 7, 
probably the best Resident Evil game ever made. And then the remasters, they went through this kick of remasters. So they did the two remaster, then the three remaster. I'm sorry, remake. They did the two, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, three remake. They're working on a four remake. Um, and there's rumors of a Code Veronica remake. And what they have now, it's back to the roots. But it has enough action to really keep the the modern gamer interested. So um, I can see why Resident Evils are selling off the shelves nowadays. They've really done something all great right. with them. All right. Anything else, Levi? Or? No, that's that's all I've been playing. All right. We kept it under half an hour, so yay. Yield? Yo! Uh, let me pull it up. Uh, you don't know? <laughs> no, I got it here on my phone. Uh, Rocket League. Uh, let's see here. Finished, went back into the final station to finish out uh, my, get the rest of the trophies I needed for that. All I got to do now is if I pick up the DLC and do that part. Um, Spyro 3, Year of the Dragon. And I've gone down the rabbit hole that is Helldivers. You know, I saw you playing that earlier. <laughs> oh my god. No, And I, ha- I have to say... That is one fun twin stick shooter. It's fun. It's very fun. But my, my gripe was not with the game being fun. The game is fun. My gripe is with that final trophy. And that hundred thousand kill. Yeah, that's that was what my gripe was with. But you know, it's a fun game. I, I never had any gripes with actual the gameplay. See, my my brother was talking to a buddy at work, and he's like, "Hey, did you ever hear of this game, Hell Divers?" He's like, "No." So he kind of looked up some stuff online. Said, "Man, that." Looks kind of fun. Happens to be on sale right now. Like everything for ten bucks. He's like, man, I don't think I'm gonna buy it. We, we should all get it. I'm like, well, I think I already have it. So I get to looking, and I did. I, I have just the the uh, base game. Don't have any of the extra weapons and all that stuff. So we were over at a buddy's house this weekend, and we're all there. And he's like, pimping up. Hell divers, and I'm like, he should have it too if he downloaded it from Plus. So he did. We installed it, and that's all we did the rest of the night was we just couch co-op Hell divers, and it's like, wow, this game's really fun. <laughs> so yeah, just just yeah. maybe maybe avoid going for that final trophy. But I mean, yeah, it's a fun game. It's just when you have to play that game over and over again and go to the same maps, gets to be a little bit much. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But that's it. All right, all right, Alex. I mean, I've just been trying to, to improve my photography over these last three weeks now, so not much on the PlayStation, but Rocket League Thursdays. Oh, I forgot to look up your you guys' records. Uh, yeah, let me look it up real quick. Probably half and half. Probably half. Yeah, I think like we're like like, like what you put in your coffee, half and half. Uh, five wins, six losses. Yeah, about there, yeah. And a week ago, uh, this was just Homer. Uh, hold on. I mean, I can bring up Yield. Homer, because he left early last week, uh, he was five and one, and you guys were a total of five and nine. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yep. Wait, wait, wait. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. You guys were ten and three. I was gonna say you better apologize to numbers and math because you just bungled that up real bad. 
Well, no. Well, if you look at the, if you look at the screen, I can see like the dates is uh, so Homer was May thirteenth and May sixth, and Yield apparently uh, had two different sessions. Uh, so it threw me off a second because the top one says one and zero. So Yield, you went one and zero without the guys on the two v two, and then uh, you guys actually went five and nine last week. Or this past Thursday, and the week before, you were 10-3. and three. So there you go. All right, so what, 15-9 and nine so over the past two weeks? Past sure. Two. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I'm, uh, yeah. All right, so uh, the only thing that I've been playing all week, because uh, I actually haven't touched my, uh, I haven't played a video game in like three weeks. Uh, so... The only thing I did was play um, uh, some of Division. I haven't gone back to Outriders, which I want to get back to. But um, I did play a couple games uh, on my Vita while I was at work because, you know, why not? So because of the, uh, the Be Legit and the Collier shot, I haven't been able to uh, really play and plat and beat games because I want to save these games for the Call Your Shot. So I've been playing a lot of the Poggy games. You guys know what those are? The POWGI games? No, never heard of them. Uh, it's it's basically word games. Like There's uh, Sudoku, there's Mix-Ups, there's Word Sweeper, Word Search, uh, Find 50 Words in a Thing, Word Reel. They're all like brain teaser games. Uh, so I've been playing those. Uh, so, and then I, I'm sitting on the final mission on control on the PS4 and the PS5, which I got to go out, go back and beat. Uh, what an amazing game. Um, and I'm s- started playing the game due to Nitro, which I can't, I don't remember the name of it right now. Hold on. Let me bring up the, um, cause I'm looking at my Vita right now. Uh, what's the name of that game? Nitro just got the platinum in it. Guys, help me out here. I know he made it. Is Nitro Matthew Malden? Yes. Well, no. I like old Matt. No, no, no government names on this show. See, even Sweet Mama DC has no government names. Uh, the game he platted was Adam's Venture Origins. He says it's uh, it's an Uncharted light. So, I started playing that because of him. But that's what I am working on, gentlemen. Uh. You guys are awfully quiet. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything interesting to you guys, huh? Well, we it's just not any games that we had heard of or played, so we were just listening to what you had to say. Hey, except control. All right. How how are you liking control? I remember when you first started it, you weren't a big fan, but where are you at with it now? Uh, I still think it controls like shit. I think you lost your mind. <laughs> See, I yeah, the of any gripes that I. That's one of the best controlling games ever. I, I will tell you, that game got me the most hype during one section, during the uh, the maze. The ashtray maze, yeah. Bro, that music just sets that mood so freaking well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kept dying should, just so I could go back and play it again. <laughs> you should play um, the Gods of Asgard scene in Alan Wake. It's even better. Uh, well, Alan Wake, when it comes to a, a real console, not that pukey-ass... Xbox, maybe I'll play it. 
It is on PC. You can play it on PC. Yeah, it's it's on Game Pass. You know, both these is destroyed by Xbox joke. Just like here's your Xbox joke. You, you <laughs> assume it wasn't it was good in the first place. Yeah. Well, I I, I did. I, look, man, I did. Look, man, we got past the fanboy wars. We got past all that bullshit. We don't. And people writing dumb shit about PlayStation and Xbox on message boards online. We don't need you trying to rekindle that. Let people have their consoles. Well, let be, people be happy playing whatever they want to play. Well, I know uh, Alex and Yield, you guys aren't in the Loot Brothers group, but I dropped a a bomb on Daryl the other day. He uh, bought Resident Evil 8 on uh, the Xbox. I dropped a good joke on that that one. Something about terrible game on a terrible console. That's all he plays. Yeah, because everybody was giving him shit because he bought Resident Evil 8 on Xbox because he already owes it on the PS5. And I said, guys, you're being too hard on him. He's always played bad games. Now he's just playing it on a bad system. (laughs) Levi's going to give you a little small laugh there just so you don't feel left out. Yeah, that's the best I, I could do. I figured I'd get a little chuck out of Yield on that. You assume Yield's not off playing Fortnite right now. That might be diverting his attention. Yield, are you going after your 10,000 kills right now? It's 100,000, by the way. Oh, 100,000? No, he's wow. checking, e- did he's we checking lose? email by the sound <laughs> of the clicks. Yeah, I say, Yield, did we lose you? I texted you. Told you what happened. I did not get the text. What happened? Power went out. He was. Did you really? He, he was attacked by a giant space mutant. I did. You know, I still haven't played Fortnite, and my niece, who is only six, she'll be seven soon, six and a half, we'll say. She is good at video games. She keeps mentioning wanting to play it. I just don't know if it's suitable for a six-year-old girl to play. Uh, Levi, to answer your question about that, I don't think Fortnite. I mean, yes, I think there there are guns involved, but it's not overly violent or anything like that. All right, so you you missed a couple of my good jokes. That's all that really matters. No, I doubt you, that. W- wonderful you, you missed jokes. a couple of, of regular tricky jokes, which are okay, they're funny to him, and then it's kind of a... He really missed his calling as a stand-up comedian. I, you know, I would be a stand-up comedian, but uh, I prefer to sit. Well, shit. Shit, you can go... You can sit. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, I, I got a laugh out of Levi, Okay. I mean, at least he's got you the. Did, you got me that. At time. least he's got the commode part right. <laughs> All right, can we get on with the show? Can here? you imagine Tricky sitting sitting on stage, sitting on a commode, telling jokes? Well, that, at least he's already on the shitter because that's where the show would go. Talk, talk, <laughs> talking about dropping bombs, he wouldn't be dropping bombs on Daryl. He'd be dropping bombs on everybody else. <laughs> All right, let's get into the show here. Oh, I've been All gone right. for like five minutes, and we're still not there yet. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, the first thing in the agenda is we're going to address is you guys last week talked about the uh, PlayStation acquiring a minority interest in Discord. Uh, so, I wanted to bring up something that I, you guys didn't touch on. Uh, you'll, you're not really, you don't know this because you really don't deal with Discord, but Discord has all the different channels and. I wanted to get your opinion, uh, mostly because on Levi and uh, Alex here, because you you don't do Discord that much. No. What are your thoughts on the fact that maybe PlayStation killed off their communities because they're going to divert them into what Discord uses as the channels for new communities? You think there's any relevance well, to that? See, I thought about that after, actually after we recorded because Yield actually mentioned, I believe, the community system when he was talking, he said if it's as easy as communities, then he would, you know, be into it. So, I mean, we've seen Sony integrate 
uh, obviously they bought Gaikai, which is a streaming-based, like, cloud-based gaming service. You know, they have now PlayStation Now, which I'm sure some of that technology they bought with Gaikai is fused into PlayStation Now and any other streaming services they're going to use in the future. But I'm assuming that if they're looking to, uh, you know, get more involved with Discord, they don't really need communities because you can create channels, you know, within Discord. So having Discord integration into your console alongside community functionality, that just seems like overkill. It's redundancy. All right, Levi, your thoughts on it? I don't have any. I've never used any of that communities, so skip me. Well, you you are you're in a community. You're on Discord with uh, the Loop Brothers, aren't you? No. Oh, I, I thought you were on that Discord. All right. So yield. Uh, I know you were big on the communities on the PS4. Uh, you think if they turn their channels into so, the, the the community system on the PlayStation system, you think you'd be more uh, apt to use in Discord or? change your opinion to more favorable to be news in discord oh no it will never change to be favorable i think the system sucks but if they make it to where it's just a simple login like it's already tied in with playstation i don't have to sign in or join anything else i'll use it but if they make me jump through hoops to make me join discord then forget it i'll never use it well one thing they they might be able to do is like say you pull up you know you have your uh, your main page on the PS5 or the PS4, however they're going to integrate this, and you can, you know, go into, like, Discord on, on your PlayStation and, you know, type messages to people and communicate pe- with people on the PlayStation. Then maybe people who are out and about or whatever or are, are using their phones can log on to Discord and go to their channels that they have on also on their PlayStation, and they can communicate with people who are playing on their 5 or their 4, and then other people can be out and about play- on their phone, and they can all communicate and kind of sync up that way. So people could use phones to communicate within the same community of people using the PlayStation 5. Well, from from what I heard, and I, I was going to say this last week on the show, but uh, I, I, you know, obviously you guys know that I have a uh, an inside source at PlayStation. Uh, from what I'm understanding, when this merger actually happens, and I call it a merger with, you know, quotation marks, what they're going to do is very similar to what you do when you link your Amazon Prime to your Twitch Prime. And the fact that when you go to log on to Discord, it's going to ask you for your PlayStation ID or vice versa, and it's going to link that way. So, uh, Yield, I know you already have a Discord account, so it would be just matching the two together, and that's how it works. From what I understand, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even remember what it is. I never wrote it down. I don't think. Well, it's I yield to no one. Oh, okay. Well, at least I did get that. (laughs) Uh, But I wanted to touch on that. The next topic we have, uh, you know, I'm going to skip one for a second just to get the bad news out of the way. Yield, I got bad news for you. I already know. I read this weeks ago. You read this weeks ago. Yeah. No, this this isn't this isn't bad news because it suggests the game is still alive and in development. Skull and Bones has yet been delayed until 2022. Yeah. Game's dead to me. It's dead to you. All right. Well, we're going to get into this a little later because uh, we have some more Ubisoft news. But I just wanted to get the, the bad news out of the way there. Yield. Well, like I said, I, I saw that. I chuckled, rolled my eyes, and went, okay. Tell me something we didn't figure was going to happen. Right. Well, it's like one of very, very few Ubisoft. I mean, I've never... To this day, I've never played an Ubisoft game. Ever? Uh, there's two. There's two. No, never a single one. They're just not my kind of games. It's not my thing. There's two that I'm interested in. That Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Since you've bragged about it so oh, much, I've heard so awesome many great game. things about it. 
um, and and Skull and Bones. I I will play those two games. I was looking forward to playing Skull and Bones around Christmas time, but we'll see when it comes out. All right. The next bit of news we have is coming from Joe Scribbles over at IGN. Uh, but you know this is pretty much all on the internet. EA Play Live is coming back in July on 20, July 22nd. While EA has informally announced plans for the show, it seems like to be an all-digital event in the vein of E3 2021 and Gamescom 2021. Usually timed around E3, this year's EA Play Live comes more than a month after the game's biggest showcase. We'll likely see the announcements for EA Sports flagships like FIFA and Madden, and perhaps new looks at previously announced games like Dragon Age 4 and Skate 4. So, gentlemen... Uh, I know E3 is the time where we don't get this, but EA has never been really a conference that I was too interested in because they mostly focus on their sports games and nothing really changes year to year. But what do you guys think? Uh, anything EA could do this year uh, to surprise us? They could announce Dead no. Space 4 and take the co-op out of it. Okay. I- Yield anything from you? No. So, I mean, like... In sports games, you know, if that's if that's what you want to play, I've never really been into those all that much. So, but if that's what somebody else wants to play, that's fine. I think the big headline game there is Dragon Age because that is a beloved series, came out of Bioware, and people have a lot of love for Bioware, even if kind of a lot of the stuff Bioware has done in recent years has gone down in quality. But I mean, I'm assuming EA published the Mass Effect um, collection that just that that was what I was going to yeah, say. So, uh, I mean, they they are doing some stuff outside of sports. It's just for me, I've already played Mass Effect. Maybe, you know, once I'm done with Pokemon Snap and, you know, uh, before I get a five, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll want to dip my toes back there. But I've just never gotten into the Dragon Age series. And that's really the only game that they're offering, from what you said, that I would have any interest in. Like, I just don't know what EA is doing as a company because I just never pay attention to them. And it seems it, does, it doesn't seem to... Suit, it, it seems to suit me just well enough because I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything big. I'm disappointed in the trophy list for the Mass Effect Legendary series. Why is that? Because the Platinum is all dealt with the first game. And then you have D, what would be considered DLC trophies for beating the second and the third and the first on the hardest difficulty or beating one of the three on the hardest difficulty. And it's like, so you tied the platinum just to one game instead of three games. You know, you each game gets a platinum. I'm just like, wow, that's kind of the, as some, as people who like to get trophies, it's like, that's kind of the cheap way out. Well, cause you think of like the past, like the Sly Cooper collection, Ratchet and Clank collection, like you got a platinum for every game that you beat. So I don't know why yeah. they opted for that. Yeah, because I, I, a few people on my friends list have got it, was playing it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to check out the trophy list. Because I, I saw somebody posted something and was like, wow, really? And I'm like, okay, what's the big deal? So I clicked on there and was scrolling through the trophy list. And I'm like, wow, everything for the Platinum's tied to the first game. And then there's like a separate thing for like basically DLC trophies. And then that ties in the second and the third game and... I'm like wow. I will say that I don't think that should deter people from playing the games because they're, well, no, they're, really, really they're really, really good. No, no, no. I just was just I was disappointed with their trophy list. I'm looking up the trophy list right now. I don't see what you're what you're seeing. Do, do all of them? Maybe I'm maybe I'm just looking wrong. Because it says if you look at it, the description for each trophy all the way down. 
says at the end of it, M E one. I'm looking on GameSpot right now. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. No, you're fine. We're all part of the same show here. We're all trying to figure this out. Well, if if EA wants to blow my mind and drag me back in, there's one way they can do it, and that is a new Mass Effect game, preferably a new Mass Effect trilogy. Um, Mass Effect is my favorite trilogy of all time. Um, technically speaking, Half-Life is my favorite games of all time. Not to sound like I'm contradictory, but my favorite trilogy Mass Effect trilogy, it is, in my opinion, the best stories ever made in video game history. Um, that's just a masterpiece of a series. And then they came along with that fourth game, Andromeda, and it was a disaster. I mean, it well, it was a decent game. But when you go from top tier, like Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, you go from top echelon to andromeda it's i mean it's it's hard to drop down that far um i think they should go back to their roots and make a brand new mass effect trilogy for the new gen and i think that would be one of the best-selling uh trilogies of the generation yield i'm on gamerant.com right now and i see a platinum for all three of them so it says platinum for mass effect they're all in seven elite uh, but it says Mass Effect 1, acquire all trophies. Mass Effect 2, acquire all, acquire all trophies. And then for Mass Effect 3, ME3, require, acquire all trophies. So I think that it, huh. every single so one of them I has wonder, a platinum. So I wonder why when I was in there looking at the, the trophy list, maybe because they only played the first one? I don't know. I, I, I kid you not, because I looked at it a couple times thinking that can't be right. And Well, I think I, I think what it is is because Mass Effect Legendary Edition is is what they call in Mass Effect 1 Remastered. Also, uh, Levi, I, I want to touch on what you said because it seems like in like both like for some of the Bioware's biggest, most recent franchises, being you know Dragon Age and uh, Mass Effect, it seems like as the series have gone on. Now, I think Mass Effect Two is a better game than Mass Effect One, but as the series have gone on, it seems like their work has gone down. Like critically, like viewed, their work has gotten worse. Well, to me, I think one and two are a dead tie. Uh, as me personally, I think one is just as good as the other. Uh, three was a, a little step downhill. I will give you that. And Andromeda was a big step downhill. So yeah, I, I can agree with you. They've been going. And downhill. I think that the earlier Dragon Age games are seen as better. I think that there's been, you know, over the years, as there tends to be at places, there's been, you know, people that come and go have left Bioware. There's been some turmoil at Bioware, but I think that. People don't believe or have as much trust in Bioware as they, as they used to because the things that they have put out are not as good as what they used to be. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm with you completely. But if that's the one thing they could do. I mean, don't get me wrong. They turn out some decent Star Wars games. They really do. Um, what, what was it? Uh, Star Wars you Knights the Order, Knights- Battlefront, Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2. Um, I didn't even. Did they do KOTOR 1? They did Knights of the Old Republic. I didn't know that, but uh, yeah, that's that's two of my favorite RPGs of all time. I love them. I was just thinking about um, Jedi Fallen Order and Battlefront. Those are two pretty good Star Wars games, but the KOTOR games are on another level above the. I mean, that's that's top tier RPGs. So that's another thing they. Well, can wait, do. did they? Did uh, sorry, did Mass they make Effect. the most recent Star Wars games? Did they make Fallen Order? 
I, I thought it was an EA game. Is it? Well, I was more up? so talking about Bioware. So yeah, they EA oh, published okay. those Star Wars games, but I'm not. I was. I was. What I was wondering is if Bioware had put them out. Let's see. Uh, Devel- developer is Respawn Entertainment. Yeah, I was just. Going, it's on. Um, it's on EA Play on my Game Pass. So that's. I guess that's why I thought it was an no, EA no, game. I'm, it oh no! It, it is an EA game, but it was it was made. It was. But made they by didn't Respawn. develop it. No, they didn't develop it. Well, I think they does EA own Respawn now. I think EA owns Respawn. Well, I'll tell you in just a second. Yeah, uh, hey Levi, uh, back on the Xbox, Bioware made uh, not only Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, but they also made Jade Empire, which I hear was a good game as well. I see Jade Empire is on my backlog to play this year. I might not even get around to it this year, but everybody raves about what an amazing game that was. And it was made by the same people as KOTOR, so you're right. Okay. I'm just trying to look up... Uh... Respawn? Yeah, I'm just trying to get to their, uh, their wiki page, because that normally tells me exactly... Uh... All right, while I'm looking that up, let me just go into the next topic. Uh, hey, Yield, don't... Uh, so PCGamer.com, I'm looking this, uh, look at this. Uh, it's published three years ago, from 2017. Electronic Arts buys Respawn for more than $400 million. New Titanfall in the works. So There you go. Yeah, December 1st, 2017, they were acquired by EA. All right, Yield, don't spoil the next topic, because I know what you're going to say, because uh, you already said this on Thursday. Next topic, coming from Joe Scribbles at IGN. Black... And red, two separate. PS5 DualSense controllers editions have been revealed. I think they look pretty spiffy. Uh, so I'm just going to go into the next topic before Yield has a chance to say it. Sony is now expecting PlayStation 5 shortages in to continue into next year. This article is coming from Liam, Liam Wiseman over at IGN. Uh, it says, as so, as so, It sounds as though PS5 supplies will continue to be limited into 2022. It was never going to be easy launching a new console in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. And Bloomberg now reports that Sony has spoken to, quote, a group of analysts, end quote, about the supply constraint issues affecting PlayStation 5 supplies, reportedly warning that shortages will continue into 2022. Quote, I don't think demand is coming down this year. And even if we secure a lot more devices and produce many more units of the PlayStation 5 next year, our supply wouldn't be able to catch up with demand. End quote. That's coming from Hiroki Totoki. Um, and global shortages of the semiconductors, which are used in almost all computing devices, has made it increasingly difficult for the continued demand of PlayStation 5 consoles to be met. Semiconductors are a crucial part of the PlayStation 5 architecture, and shortages have let have let lent to delays in the console's production cycle. So, uh, I'm opening the floor. Yield, I'm going to let you go first because I kind of quieted you. I think the controllers look spiffy, but I want them to worry more about getting consoles out the door than producing new controllers. Because, I mean, you can go to the store and buy 16 controllers right off the shelf, but you can't find a, a PS5. I, I would counter that with, I don't think that the same tech that they are missing for the 5 is going into the... Like, I don't think they're making PlayStation co- uh, controllers at the expense of PlayStation 5s. Yeah, I don't I don't think the controllers have the, the superconductors. Well, no, they don't. So if they can get those, if they can get controls out the door and make money, I, like, I, I get your point because what's the sense of having a controller if you don't have anything to control? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, whoop de do. I mean, because by the time they finally get enough consoles out, 
you're going to have another color coming out and you're I don't I don't know you're you're fishing a small market of color or you're putting out a new bunch of color to an extremely small market. Well, it maybe so. maybe this is just me. I mean, I like cosmetic things. I like, you know, cosmetic overhauls. I like to decorate stuff. But when it comes to my consoles and my controllers, it's like I'm totally fine with the the black PS4 and the black, you know, DualShock 4 that I have. Like I don't need a whole bunch of new colors. I just am fine with the console as it is and the controllers as they come. And I play the game like, you know, I, I play games on it and I enjoy the games. I just I don't know. I don't really care so much about all these different colors for controllers. I just I will buy I was just an all black controller and play on my console with that and be completely satisfied. So I just right. I, I, I don't know. for me, it, it doesn't matter what colors they're putting out. Levi, I know you don't have a PS5. Uh, how are you feeling about, one, the controllers, and two, the fact that they're making controllers rather than focusing on putting out consoles? You know, I, I think it's a distraction from the fact that they don't have consoles, but I looked at those controllers. I think they're awesome. Everything I've heard about the DualSense says it's an amazing controller, possibly the best controller ever made for a video game. Um, I can't argue with that. I think that they went a little thicker. I, like, um, you know... DualShock 4, my only quarrel is I would like it to be a little bigger. And it looks like that's what they've done with the DualSense. It, I've, it, also, I've also read about the, the drift issues people are running into that have played the PS5 a few hundred hours. Uh, I really don't want to see that become a thing. Uh, knock on wood, I haven't had any drift issues with any of my controllers. And I have three of them. But, yeah, I could care less about the controllers until I have a console. Also, Tricky, I want to uh, make a point, because you said in, when introduced to, introducing the Florida Levi that they're focusing on making controllers instead of making consoles. Again, I don't think this is an issue of them being like, I, oh, hey, we're going to focus on making all these controllers for these consoles that people can't play, can't buy. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply that. It's, I was trying to uh, go off of what uh, Yield was saying about, you know, it's more important to get to to him to get the the consoles out there than the controllers. That's that's where I was going. I didn't mean to imply that. I apologize. Well, here's the thing. You know, even for those of us who don't have PS5s, there might be a pretty kick-ass game coming to the PS4 soon, or you know, in in the near future. True. All right. But from a production side, they have to make something. You know, if there's a shortage, there's a shortage of some part where you can't turn out your console. You either lay people off or you find something else to make. So they're going to make some controllers. If that keeps people employed, go for it. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to skip the last topic. I'm just going to oh, you know, mention well, it. Well, then I, that comment I made is complete nonsense. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm, I'm just going to announce it because you made that comment. Uh, but I... I I don't know why I put this in the agenda, but it's in there now. Uh, Hades, which is the game that a lot of people loved and whatnot, has been rated for the PlayStation 4 by the Korean Rating Committee. So there's a chance that Hades is now coming to the PS4. Because I think previously it was only on Switch and PC. Yes. I mean, I, so, I would like uh, to get a chance to play Hades on the PS4. Even though I do I do have a Switch, but, you know, it's got a good trophy list. Know, Why not play it on the PS4? And I, I don't know. If I had the option to play a game on the Switch or the PS4, I'd rather play on the PS4. All right. Moving on. Uh, just I, You guys did a couple topics of the week last week. Uh, I just want to clarify some things because I don't think uh, uh, you guys really uh, got the uh, 
the point of the two things. Well, obviously, because uh, you put them in there because you were supposed to be here. Yes, I was. Uh, okay, so the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, last week you guys talked about Sony making Epic Games pay for Fortnite crossplay. Uh, I, I want to clarify that Sony isn't making Fortnite or Epic pay them to do crossplay. Uh, what Sony did in their contract with Epic was say if people are buying uh, stuff on a different platform other than their PlayStation, but a majority of their gameplay is happening on the PlayStation, then Sony wants a bigger cut. But that's only if they're buying on other things and and they're playing a majority of their time on the that's PlayStation. That's what we said. Well, I, I, when I listened to the show, I didn't think you guys understood what they like they were saying. Because it... To me, when you guys were talking, it I thought you guys were thinking that Sony just said, oh, you guys want cross-play, we're going to make everybody playing on the PlayStation pay more. No, 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 no. That's no, no. Not, that, that's in the not... talk, in the article, it talked about how, and Tim Sweeney, Epic CEO, went over this, is that they have a deal with all these people that, you know, they all the consoles that, or the platforms that the game is on, and, you know, so they're paying everybody for cross-play. They're, you know, Xbox, Switch, all these different people. They're, it's, they're getting in, in Sony as well. They're, you know, all paying all of those companies to have their games not only on the systems, but also when it comes to the transactions. When it, um, when people are buying V Bucks, uh, on, um, I think what it was stated as is iOS. when people buy on iOS, but then are also playing on the consoles, they are giving the consoles a cut of that. They're paying the, so that the consoles don't completely get completely get cut out of that what the article also said was that sony was getting paid more than the other two okay okay and that that's what i wanted to clarify is because i'm gonna throw numbers out there because i don't know i don't know the real numbers let's just say you know and i know there's gonna be more than this so just follow my 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 example here because it's not going to be anywhere accurate but just to give you an example let's say fortnite was only on the xbox playstation and nintendo and each of them are getting 20% of the sales that are made. So that's the way it's all broken down. But what Sony said was that if somebody buys something on the Xbox, but they're doing 75% of their gameplay actually on the PlayStation, that they're getting a cut. But it's not only Sony that's doing that. Sony's getting crucified for saying that they want a bigger cut for crossplay and that they're making epic pay for more crossplay but that same deal applies for the xbox and nintendo as well if if somebody if somebody's making a purchase on the console but a majority of their gameplay that epic is tracking is on a console that console owner gets a bigger cut of the sale unless they made you know the purchase on like if if, if alex if you went on fortnite and you made all your purchases on on the playstation Sony still gets their twenty percent, but if they bought, but if you bought it on Xbox, but the majority of your gameplay is on PlayStation, then instead of twenty percent, PlayStation is getting like I don't know twenty five percent, whatever it is. Yeah, so Sony, Sony so, wanted to cut extra and above the others. So every every so right, Epic, Epic, but is, Xbox, Epic is paying everybody. It's just Sony wanted an extra cut for purchases that were not made on the PlayStation. If the majority of the gaming for that that person that account is being done on the PlayStation, right? But that deal also applies with Microsoft and Nintendo as well. Sony's not the only one getting an extra cut. Is my is the point I'm trying to make to you? 
Sony's getting crucified for this because they were the last holdout for crossplay. But they were they they have the deal, but Microsoft has the same exact deal. I don't know percentages wise, but Microsoft gets a bigger cut and Nintendo gets a bigger cut if all these scenarios combine. Sony's only getting crucified because they were the last holdout, and now it seems like they were trying to cut a deal to make more money. And, and if you want crossplay, you have to pay us more. That's not what Sony no, did. None of this is coming out of our pockets, and I don't even. And like I said last week, I don't even think that Epic is raising the price of stuff in Fortnite to account for that, because because they they're making enough money as is. Last week we talked about in the first two years that game made over nine billion dollars. So I don't know why people would be crucifying Sony or any of the platform holders because it's just coming out of Epic's pocket. Epic doesn't need that much money. All right, and the other topic that you guys talked about with Sony's facing a lawsuit over the PlayStation Store uh, digital sales exclusivity. Uh, I know you guys talked about the the fact that you guys don't think this uh, lawsuit's going to go anywhere. Uh, I just want to clarify the point is the reason the lawsuit is coming out is because you cannot buy a digital code anywhere other than from PlayStation. Like, you used to be able to go to Walt GameStop and buy a card and they give you a digital code and you'd be able to get a game. Now you can only go to GameStop and get PSN money, but you can't actually buy a game with a code digitally. The lawsuit's facing is because companies, and I'm just throwing names out here, GameStop, Best Buy, stuff like that, they were able to stock these games and get a bigger percentage of the cut because it was digital, because they didn't have to have the sh- the, the force base. They didn't have to have the, the, the game shipped to the stores and stuff like that. So... They were saving money by actually selling digital copies of games. And that's why the lawsuits are coming on. Because now Sony is turning around saying, you can no longer sell your games digitally, only we can. And that's why the lawsuit's happening. Because now GameStop and Best Buy having to stock their shelves and pay for the games to be shipped, where they were actually saving that money by selling it digitally. Okay, was it a monopoly before when there was no digital like sales? Like... The- Game, GameStop, GameStop is pissed off because GameStop is a dying brand. So, I, I, that, I agree with you on that. that. Is, and also, you could argue that Best Buy is dying too, or at least completely irrelevant at this point. Um, well, it, I mean, it could be it could be argued that these companies are grasping the straws, trying to make as much profit but as they, they can. They, how long did they survive? Look at Walmart. Walmart survives on on game sales. Like they don't have like Sony digital like um, codes for games to sell. Sell like yeah, you can buy PSN money all over there at Walmart but they're surviving just fine on you know selling the hard copies of games and they even sell them cheap right but they're but but the difference between Walmart and Best Buy and GameStop is GameStop and Best Buy are electronic companies where Walmart is making their money off of clothing food tire services whatever else you could buy in a Walmart they're not dependent on technology for okay, their but, sales but here's so, the thing why also, they're the number one games retailer in the world. Well, Walmart is as far as physical copies go, so they do make a lot of money off of games. But you make a good point there. But for years and years, uh, GameStop ripped people off and sold physical copies of used games, you know, bought them back for a pittance, and then sold them, you know, for a lot more to make a bunch of money off of that. Those companies, including Best Buy, sold physical copies of games for years and survived. And now that their business model, they found out that their business model sucks. Especially when it comes to physical copies of music, like CDs, 
People don't buy a lot of CDs anymore. They buy MP3s or just listen to streaming services. People have streaming services for movies and television, so they don't go out and buy a lot of physical copies of movies. And the same thing for games. People can just buy them digitally. Yes, games are probably one of the holdouts where people want the physical copy, but GameStop and Best Buy finding out that their business model sucks in an all-digital age, well, that's kind of their fucking fault. Well, I, I, okay, I, I see where also, you're going. How but is it a monopoly I, I, when Sony own like Sony doesn't own the digital market for games? Yes, there are certain games you can only get exclusively on the PSN, but that's a small chunk of the market. Right, but it's not. But the lawsuit is not just because of their first party games. It's the fact that you can't go and buy Outriders, a digital code, a digital PS5 code for Outriders at GameStop. That money. Is be Sony's blocking the the sale for Square Enix to sell codes? That's no. the problem. Wait, can wait? Can you buy a physical copy of Outriders? You could buy a physical copy of Outriders, but you you could buy a digital code for Outriders for the Xbox, but you cannot buy a digital code for are the PlayStation. They, are they That's, selling Outriders more on the PSN than anywhere else? I, well, I don't know those numbers. I guarantee that they're selling Outriders on the PSN for the, at, least the, at least the same price as they are the physical copies in stores and the same price they are on you know the Xbox. Well, okay, well, to your point, and I'm, and I'm just going to put Well, this Xbox up. has it on Game okay. Pass. Well, well yeah, but it, but Levi, it, but Levi, I was going to say. You don't have Game Pass. But the point is, is that you could buy a digital code on the Xbox, but you cannot buy a digital code for the PlayStation. That's what this lawsuit's so, about, is because so. they're not they're not allowed they they're forcing these retailers to to stock it on their shelves, which takes up so, storage so what, space. They, so, so how many how many years how many decades have they they stored physical games on store shelves? Okay, hold on, hold on a second. I, I think you guys are misunderstanding. I'm not arguing. That this lawsuit is valid or this is going to go no, but anywhere. You, you seem, you I'm were, just, you were I'm throwing just, shaded like, oh, you guys made it seem like there was nothing to this 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 argument, or this lawsuit. Well, but it seems like there's because there is something. No, there is something to it. It's because they are monopolizing digital sales of games for the PlayStation. That is illegal. Um, they they are not selling the games for any more than they could like. Again. Unless you can prove that Outriders is being sold for $75 on the PSN as opposed to, you know, $50 elsewhere or $60 elsewhere. Or, the, you know, I guess, I don't know if, if, one of the, if it's one of those games that's gone up to 70 But unless you can show me that they're selling games on the PSN for more than they are in stores or on competing consoles, then... Again, Outriders is a multi-platform game. How do you have a monopoly Correct. on a game that's multi-platform? And people can just go buy it elsewhere. But that, okay, I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying to you. Okay. Outriders is made by Square Enix. It's published by Square Enix. It was developed by some company. I uh, people fly gate or people can fly or something like that. Whatever. The point is, is that the argument is, is that Best Buy can stock Outriders digitally and make more money on the profit because they don't have to ship it to the store. They don't have to. Buy, give up the shelf space. They can put more products on their shelves. Their argument is that because PlayStation is blocking digital sales of games, that they're blocking, they're monopolizing the digital sale market of PlayStation games, and that in itself is no, illegal. This, you cannot monopolize like the market. Problem because 
You mentioned Square Enix. Uh, Square Enix would make more money off a sale on the PlayStation Network than they would by selling a game card at Best Buy. Because then not only does Sony get a cut, not only does Square Enix get a cut, so does Best Buy. So this actually going straight through the PSN is a benefit to Square Enix and all these other publishers. Right, but Best Buy is not making their profit. This is not a problem for the market or consumers. This is a problem with Best Buy and GameSpot. GameStop. Yeah. Their their business model is dying out, and they're like, well, we need to make as much profit on this as we can because we don't want to stock all this shit in our stores. So, wham. This is... Okay, Levi, you've heard everything. Am am I being unreasonable? Is this... Like, is Tricky making good points, or am I just not seeing what he's saying? I'm, I'm not feeling Tricky at all. (laughs) <laughs> all right, Levi, you're in construction, right? Let me yes. let me try let me try to break Levi this down. is a goddamn businessman. Okay, so Levi, just for argument's yeah. sake, and I don't I don't know if this is really gonna make sense because I'm trying to make this off the fly. Uh, part of your construction is you have to buy wood, right? Uh, yes. Okay. And it is uh, crazy expensive right now. Okay, so. This is probably going to be an off-the-wall thing, but you could buy wood at Home Depot or you could buy wood at Lowe's. Right. Okay. So if Home Depot, you can only buy, if, if Home Depot turned around and said you can only buy wood and you have to pay for us to deliver it, and it's going to be a $75 charge for you to deliver it, for us to deliver it. So not only do you pay for the wood, but you're also paying $75 for the delivery, and that's being forced on you. That happens all the time. You, where if you go to Lowe's, they say, this is the price of the wood, which is the exact same as the Home Depot, but you can come get it and save yourself $75. Which happens all the time. Okay. Yeah. So what this, what's really happening is Lowe's and Home Depot are saying, we're going to sell this product. But Home Depot's turned around saying, we're going to force you to pay for delivery when it's really not necessary because you have the full capability of going to pick it up yourself. So... What Best Buy, GameStop, those companies are saying is that we're forcing you to ship the game so we can make the sales where you are taking the profit and selling it digitally, where we're, you're not allowing us to sell it digitally and save our customers money and get a what better do you mean profit. save the customers money? The customers aren't paying more. If, well, I, I, I don't see your point because... You at least have somewhat of a partnership going on with these uh, sharing different things on different mediums. You know, you're comparing Lowe's and Home Depot, who are just downright dog competitors. So I don't, I don't really okay. see it. Okay, let, let me let me try this one more time. Then we'll we'll move on here. It in, in or let's let's just take the game Outriders. Okay, we all know that GameStop buys Outriders for significantly less. And let's, for argument's sake, let's say they paid. $30 a game to be to, to stock it in their stores. Okay? Yeah. That's just the physical game on the shelf, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox, it's $30 to stock it on the shelves. Where they turn around and sell Outriders to GameStop, and they only have to pay $25 to, to, to pay for that card. So now Best Buy is making an extra $5 on that sale because they're still going to charge $70 for the game, but now they have an extra $5 because instead of having to ship it to the store and put it on a shelf, they have a card, and they can actually make that $5. Where if they turned around and said, okay, you know what? We don't want to make that $5 profit. We're actually only going to sell the game for $65. So we undercut our competitors. That's the argument, is because Sony is not allowing that to happen where Xbox you're, is. Okay, but your your problem is is that 
usually when they consider when the government looks into monopolies it's when it what is the cost to consumers best buy and gamestop are not consumers and that you in your entire time you've talked you haven't mentioned consumers you've only mentioned gamestop and best buy and their their business model for year like the reason that they are struggling so much is yes is because People are going all digital for a lot of different things, whether just through streaming services, not actually owning things, just kind of having the license to play them or, you know, buying a physical copy or buying a digital copy of a game. But their inability, like the fact that they for so long focused were focused on physical media and now for the PlayStation can't sell that digital media or those cards. I don't see how that necessitates like that's not a monopoly for for sony because just because it's it's bad for business for gamestop and best buy guess what businesses come and go mom and pop stores have been pushed out by a lot of these bigger corporations how how is this a monopoly usually the monopoly is in consideration of the customers and what they pay like you and me not best buy and gamestop so if best buy and gamestop's business model has been physical and physical is nowhere near as strong and they're grasping at straws how is that something Sony needs to get sued for? All right, I, I again, I, I, I wasn't trying to argue whether or not the lawsuit was legit. I was, I was just trying to point out the fact that when you guys said that you don't think this lawsuit is going to go anywhere, and to be honest, I don't think it's going to go anywhere either. But I just wanted to clarify the point: is it, it is a legit suit? I just don't this, think. They I mean, it just seems it. like this is a problem specifically for companies like Best Buy and GameStop and again GameStop has has died almost numerous times they've been trading water for the longest time and they I, I don't even know how they're keeping their heads above water at this point but this is a, a problem specifically for this business for their business model but but being able to buy games at home and not have to go to the store is actually more consumer friendly you know I know that some people like to keep physical media which is fine but being able to buy, and until Sony is jacking up prices to ridiculous points, which would, again would price them out of selling their games and, and probably turn people against them and push them towards the other consoles, you can't call them monop- you can't call them monopoly because they're selling games at MSRP, the same thing as other people, and people the, like, people would complain at Sony because they're selling you know digital copies of games for the same price as physical copies because they expected to pay less when things went more digital. So yeah. Uh, well, hold right, on, Le- uh, Levi. Did you want to? I, I I might have stolen what? the floor a little bit from Levi because you you did your comparison, and Levi kind of. No, I'm good. We roll on to the next one. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just want to say before we moved on, does anybody else want to say anything? I like, listen again. I I'm not. I I wasn't trying to argue whether or not, you know. I wasn't trying to be defending Best Buy and GameStop. What I was just trying to say is there is some legitimacy to this. I just don't think it's going to go anywhere where I agree with you guys. Yeah, but that's, right. again, so sorry, we... but that's, again, like, you know, bigger corporations being able to play, pay, like, sell, like, undercut smaller stores on prices of things. And then, like, smaller stores like mom-pop shops go out of business because they have to sell things at a higher price and people go elsewhere. So, right. All right, so before we go actually into our topic of the week, uh, Levi, I actually totally forgot to, uh, to do the Be Legit with you. So uh, I have to step away from the mic because I have to help Sweet Mama D with something. Uh, Levi, can you lead us into our Be Legit? And just for the record, I only have one point to, in the month. Well, at least um, you get your score called out now. So <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll be back Very in Very self-serving. Minutes, Tricky just brought this on because he wants to hear his own score read out. 
I was just going to leave him at 20 points. He would still win at third regardless. wasn't leaving at 20 since I hadn't heard from him. But anyway, Corey is still number one with an astonishing 56 points. Yes, that's after only four months. Levi, what, what was the, man what was the record last year? Who, who topped out last year? What do you mean, the record the, for one no, month? No, the most games. Like, who had the most at the end of the year? It was JT, I believe, but... Do you remember how much he had? No, it was um, JT and JT and CJ were tied for second. Um, James McCall won, had 44. Okay, so Corey's already busted that. Well, you got to understand, a point last year would be at least a point and a half this year. Last year, it was a firm rule of eight hours. Now it is seven hours with a bunch of exceptions being made for six-hour games and even some shorter for retro games. So a lot of games didn't count last year from that six, seven, seven-and-a-half-hour mark. Um, also, last year, the 20-and-plus-hour games still only counted as one point. So you can't compare point to point. But even if you did, if you said, okay... For every point, call it a, a point and a half. That would probably be pretty fair. Um, so James McCall's 44, he would have 66, we'll say, at, at the end of the year if we were under these new rules. Um, Corey will pass that, and Ponder both will pass that next month. So realistically, they are playing at double the pace what our champs were last year. And so you mentioned Ponder. What's Ponder up to? Because we've all been wondering if Ponder can catch Corey and surpass Corey, which will be a Hercule- Herculean he, task. If you, if you drew this thing out on a chart and mapped the points, um, he statistically will pass him in August. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So Ponder is at 51. Again, Corey, 56. Ponder, 51. Ponder is only five points behind him. Do you think, do you think um, Corey, Corey, Corey did have think another? Corey hears the footsteps? What? Do you think he can hear Ponder's footsteps behind him? Oh, he, he couldn't not hear them. I mean, Ponder is, I'm not saying Corey isn't, but Ponder is a stone-cold killer. Ponder has beat Corey the past three months straight. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. February, they both had 11. They tied. But March, Ponder had 14 to Corey's 11. April, he had 17 to Corey's 13. And this month, it does appear Ponder is again in the lead. So it's it's tight. You know, Corey had that first month of 21, so he came out the gate strong. Um, but say if that does happen, say they tie around August or September. I mean, they're still they're putting up so many points each. I think it's going to be a shootout to the end of the year. I think it could go either way between those two. I don't think anybody else is going to come even close. Hey, 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 hey! Tricky, I'm about to put a hurt Tricky, on somebody. You got like you got Tricky, less than half. Tricky, you've got twenty. You've got twenty-one points. I'm you're you're have, not I'm, in the conversation with those two. I'm I, and. I, I miss up with their points. How many points do they have? 56, 51, and you have 21. You're, oh. you're not in the conversation with those two. I'm, I'm going to be dropping like 30 points in the months, months of uh, May and June and July, just so you know. Well, just be ready for the fallout because everybody, for some reason, has it out for you. Yes, and, uh, and thank you for saying that because I want to clarify something with you on the show. Uh, 
I recently uh, requested a point in the be legit, and I put it up to the council. Uh, I just want to clarify: I did not vote on that. It was voted Castlevania. on. Right. It was voted on by two other people, and I even said in the chat, "I cannot vote on this." So I just and want to be clear that you guys made that decision on your own with no prompt from me. At Castlevania Four, it's another speedrunners game. It's realistically about an eight-hour game. Okay. So. It's a challenging game. It's an eight-hour game. You've played it. You know. Uh, how long? How long? Roughly, did it take you to beat it? I I honestly don't know because it was it was over the course of the three weeks, and I really I I couldn't tell you how long it. Uh, I know how long to beat. Said it was like four and a half, five. Yeah, four and a half, five. It definitely took me longer than that. Yeah, that's that's point being. It's well, a legit and, and I mean, it's so, a really yeah. good game. Super Castlevania Four. Plus, you got the boss fights against Death and Dracula, so those are tough. Yeah, they were rough. I, I'm thankful because I'm playing them on the uh, the the last list and this list. I'm playing on the classics, the classic systems. So they have the uh, the pause and go back. So if I die, I don't have to go back to the beginning. Well, the other snide remark this month about you was uh, <laughs> Daryl again. It was one of those, it's a really short, really easy PS5 game. And Daryl submitted it for approval. And we shot it down. And Daryl said, oh, well, if it had been tricky, um, it would you'd have gave the point you're playing favorites. And I, I said, actually, Tricky beat the game and, and knew it was a BS. He didn't even try to claim it. Uh, there was... No, it was crickets after I said that. <laughs> but anyway, um, CJ and Daryl are tied for fourth with 15 points each and then Yield at 13. So that is our basically top you know, six. I, I know that so, Yield is kind of uh, playing more on his own pace. Do you think that a lot of the field has kind of dropped off seeing how Ponder and Corey have just kept up the pace and people are just kind of like, well, I can't compete in this, so... I'm just kind of going to play at my own pace and kind of not step away from the competition, but was, like not be right. as, as forceful within the competition as they might have been if Corey and Ponder were down a bit. Yeah. I was really worried when I saw Corey Ponder not so bad because month one Ponder only played nine, which was still amazing. But Corey came out that 21, and I was like, man, I said, most of these people can't beat. 21 points in six months so this is really going to be anti-competitive people are going to drop out and we did lose about seven people they just lost interest just that was that was the end of it um they were gone the 20 21 or so we have left they are definitely not competing they are they are posting their points they are playing they are enjoying themselves but there is no attempt being made to to win this competition. Not that good. being said, we're we are still having a lot of fun, and third place is still open. Um, looks like Tricky's going to get it, um, but you know you've got CJ. CJ's a big player, um, and Daryl seems to be doing really well this year. Even Yill isn't out of it. Um, even T Bird. Uh, there's there's a couple of others that uh, possibility. Uh, JT even. Um, there is there is still third place. But um, first and second prize winnings are, are that's that's a that's yeah. Done. Well, I mean, if you've got uh, a race for first and second, and then you got the race for third, I mean, that's two competitive races there. You can't beat that. That's I mean. Well, I, I also want to clarify because Levi, you kind of let the cat out of the bag. 
um, I'm not eligible for prizes. Correct. So even if you do get third, um, it would you know then be uh, CJ or Daryl, you know who, whoever is is next that would actually get the. You would still be third place. Right. right. Um, you would still finish third. You just wouldn't get the the prize when he would go to fourth place. Because uh, some people are saying, oh, oh, Tricky's cheating to get the, the points. I'm like, I, I can't even win a prize. But I, I asked Levi to keep it silent. But I, I Levi thought I was going to be upset with him because he can't let the cat out of the bag. I actually contributed to uh, the prize pool and made myself ineligible for prizes. So, so anybody thinks I'm cheating, I'm not cheating for money. Because I'm actually putting my own money into it. See, and w- w- with someone like but, CJ, uh, you mentioned, and C- CJ is a serious player, but I think a competition like this would just ki- would be work so much against CJ and the way CJ plays because CJ is all about like the hundred percent, the platinums, and I figure that. Yeah, the the rat games love. The only other person in the group, in my opinion, that could run with Corey and Ponder is CJ. If CJ said, "Okay, my sole purpose in gaming right now is to win the be legit." Even if he even if he triggered it on in May, and said, "Hey, um, no more hundred percent, no more rat, no more spam. Um, I'm smashing be legit games." Uh, he could probably even catch up to Ponder and Corey. I'm not going to say he would beat them with them having such a head start, but um, there's no doubt he could he could probably catch up to him. The guy plays a lot, and he's a good video gamer. About that. No, I mean we've had him on the show here before, so we know all, we know all about his exploits and and how he just runs circ- he walks the dog on all of us when it comes to, to earning trophies. So, but it just well, I I know he plays a lot. I, as far as being a good video gamer, I don't know. I've never I've never played with him. A lot of what I gauge like true talent and skill in video games is in retro, um, and I don't think he's really proven in that area. So. Um, I'll hold off on my judgment of whether he's a great gamer, but I do know he's a, he works hard at it and plays a lot. All right. Uh, is there more update, Levi, or is that everybody? No, nope, that's that's. I'm not going to go down the whole list of 20 people, but that's that's our major players. All right, just because it's in the interest of time, I wanted to move on. All right, so uh, yield. Yes. I I have good news and I have bad news, sir. Okay. The bad news is I forgot to post for a list of questions. Okay. But the good news is, I'm still going to play the audio for you. Time to check my social media, yeah. Awesome. Do you feel better now? Yeah. How long has it been since you heard that? Uh, probably since the last time you were on the show. Which was like over a month ago. <laughs> All right, so our topic of the week is coming from IGN and is written by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, the headline says Ubisoft says it will focus less on AAA games, but what does that actually mean? Bye, Ubisoft. Uh, now I don't want to read this whole article because one, it's very very long, but I wanted to read some of it. Uh, Ubisoft just had its fur full year. Excuse me. Ubisoft just had its full year earnings call for the last fiscal year. Part of the goal of these calls is to tell the people who have invested large amounts of money in the company what said company plans to do in the upcoming year to make them even more money. 
In Ubisoft's case, this means explaining what kinds of big money-making games they want to release in the future. But this year, news of Ubisoft's vague plans appears to have attracted a surprising amount of attention, making a few investors on the call a bit nervous and fans even more concerned. Quote, In line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we're moving on from our private commitment of re regarding releasing three to four premium AAA games per year. Uh, end quote. And this is by Frederick Duguet, Ubisoft's CFO, on the earnings call yesterday. Quote, additionally, we are building our high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards our AAA ambitions over the long term. End quote. This comment has made many people upset, worried that Ubisoft is abandoning its tradition of massive console and PC releases like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Watch Dogs, in favor of the free-to-play mo mobile model that makes up pil piles of money, believes the sour taste and the mouse of more mainstream gaming populace. But the, but the actual meaning behind Duguet's statements yesterday is more complex, mostly less scary, and frankly, a little bit boring. It's less of a sea change in Ubisoft's portfolio strategy and more in the continuation of what Ubisoft's already doing for years, a strategy that most gaming companies are embracing too, whether we like it or not. Now, there's more to this article, obviously. But initially, initially as the article says, it sounds like they're moving away from the big AAA games and more going towards the free-to-play market. Does this concern you guys? And now... Obviously, uh, Levi, you say you don't play Ubisoft games. Alex and Yield, I know you really don't get into the big Ubisoft games. But we, there's no denying that Ubisoft is a big player in the market with the AAA games. Does this actually scare you or concern you? Or do you fully understand why Ubisoft says they're doing it this way? Alex, let's start with you. I sir. fully understand it. I mean, looking at stuff like Pokemon Go on mobile and then Fortnite on mostly on the... The, the home consoles and on PC and stuff, there, I mean, piles of cash are just being made in free-to-play. And I don't know, you know, we haven't heard anything about Rocket League and how well they're doing since their turn to free-to-play last year. But I think that Ubisoft probably looked at their portfolio and said, man, because AAA is high risk. Yes, it can be high reward and you can make lots of money, but it is high risk because, you know, one one bad game can, can set you off pretty badly. In the past, we've seen... You know, people like Disney shut down their entire game studios. You see, you know, people like Activision EA close other studios over, you know, the sake of one like one game or a couple bad releases. So, like, AAA comes with, yes, a lot of marketing and, you know, a lot of money pours into that. And as a result, there's a lot of risk with it. So, I understand that people like Tricky, you know, and, and to an extent, you know, Yield Levi and I, we like AAA games, but... I think it's a you know a situation where they looked at the portfolio and said we're too invested in AAA. There's too much risk. We got to get to something a little bit safer. You think of like free to play and like Rocket League as an, an example. That is a platform for which they can continue to release content and they can make money off of small microtransactions, small microtransactions, microtransactions. But they have a platform that they can build off of and sell things from instead of having to make new games. Like invest in the research for all these games invest in all these huge teams to make AAA games and then potentially run the risk of not making, you know, the sales projections they have and then falling kind of flat on their face. So, I mean, Ubisoft is known for making really good AAA games, but at the same time, if your entire portfolio is, you know, a few small partnerships you have with indie, indie game studios and then a bunch of, like, high-risk AAA games, you may want to reconsider at some point. And because free-play games are, uh, you know, you know, not all of them, but... 
the the headliners are doing so well right now, it it, it makes it only makes sense that these other game studios would want to get involved in that. Like I'm I'm not surprised at all. All right, yield. Uh, far as I'm concerned, by Ubisoft. Really, you think this is going to be the end of Ubisoft? Oh no, they'll stick around, but I'm I'm done with them. Well, yield. What was what was the Ubisoft game you played recently? Uh, I mean, Far Cry Three, uh, Ghost Recon. They they make Ghost Recon, don't they? Okay. Yes. Then I okay. Wildlands has been the recent one. And you also played the Division. I did. But I mean, you look but, at stuff. But Wildlands is my most recent one. If you're going away from AAA and you're going to go free to play, that's fine. But you're going to lose my money. All right, hold hold on. I'm sorry. I I read the article as you guys were talking. There's been an update to the article that I just saw now. Uh, it says, update, following the publication of the article, Ubisoft reached out to offer additional clarifying statement on yesterday's call. Quote, our intention is to deliver a diverse lineup of games that pe- players will love across all platforms. We are excited to be invested in more in the free-to-play experiences. However, we want to clarify this does not mean we're reducing our AAA offering. Our aim is to continue to deliver premium experiences to players such as Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Riders Republic, and Skull of Bones, to name a few, while also expanding our free-to-play portfolio and strengthening our brands to reach even more players, end quote. So, so oh, wait, well, this isn't, well, this isn't even this isn't even an issue. Well, yeah, because like what what's it, 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 it's, a, it's a non-topic now. Cause, yeah, because they said we're not going to change the number of AAA games we're putting out. But we're just adding to that a, you know, then by that theory, they would be, you would assume, hiring more people in order to cover not only the AAA games that they're making, but also free-to-play games they've been working on. So you would assume they'd staff up a little bit. All right. Well, as, as you'll just point out, this becomes less of a topic. But uh, Levi, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, to me, I, I get it. Um, the sole purpose of any corporation is to turn a profit. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of money in this free-to-play stuff. Um, I guess it's a smart move. They're, you know, It's profitable. I'm sure they will be very successful. But me, personally, I cringe. I, I don't cringe as much because it's Ubisoft, who I don't have much to do with. If this was Valve, Remedy, Bethesda, Bioware, Obsidian, you know, my you know, my key, Capcom, the developers that I love, the games I love, if they made this announcement that, hey, we're going to start making a bunch of free-to-play. Uh, so, I mean, what is it? 80, 80% of the revenue in the gaming market right now is free-to-play. It's already, it's way too big. I don't want to see this take over the industry. I don't think it could. I don't think it will. But um, if I would love to see more AAA, more indie, than that free to play it makes me nervous and i i hope the other big triple a developers do not go down this same path simply because i don't play that free to play nonsense it's, it's there's no there's no story it's 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 not fun it's it's this microtransaction and addiction for kids and housewives and whoever play these games i don't know people that play these games but i i don't want to see this grow any more market so share. Oh, i mean oh, hold on I was going to say, I, I hear what you guys are saying, but there's no denying that free-to-play is a successful business market. I mean, when you look at games... No question. Like, when you look at games like Apex, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, those, all, those three games were to lead in the market in the free-to-play. Now, granted, they're all Battle Royales, which if a Battle Royale is not your cup of tea, I totally understand. But they 
there's no denying those games make a shitload of money. So, I, Alex, you referenced earlier where they were, you talk about we don't know Rocket League's numbers. I'd be also be interested to see Rocket League's numbers because that was a game that was selling, what, $15, $20 if you didn't get a free-for-plus and then they went free-to-play. I'd like to see their revenue to see how much money they've made compared to when you, they were charging for the game. But a, a game that I love, and you guys know this, Assassin's Creed, or excuse me, not Assassin's Creed, uh, The Division, they just announced that they're coming out with a free-to-play uh, game, a game in the division uh, called Heartland, which uh, I don't know if you guys saw. We didn't cover this because I knew you guys wouldn't be interested. But a gameplay leak came out, and it looks very much like the division. But it seems like they're also doing uh, a battle royale with division characters. So that that's obviously an Ubisoft game. So I mean. So, Yield, <sighs> Yield and I have talked about this a little bit on the show before, where Yield doesn't hate free-to-play, because he obviously plays Rocket League. I think and World of Warships. I think that if a company came out with a racing game where you could, you know, buy stuff for your car, and, you know, maybe it wouldn't be as successful as Rocket League, because Rocket League, yes, you have a little bit more leeway with what you can make, you can do some goofy stuff, it's not quite as serious as, like, a simulation racer, but if, they, if someone came out with, like, an arcade-style racer that was free-to-play, there was a platform... That you know, you don't need story in a, in a racing in a racing game. You put out some good tracks, you put out some good cars, you put out some good designs and stuff you can buy to trick out your car and stuff like that, and maybe you know allow people to buy people to buy tracks and whatnot. I guarantee Yield would play a game like that, but it's it's not necessarily free to play. He's against it's it's the battle royales. He doesn't want to play the free to play shooters, which I understand. So I mean. I, I play Rocket League as well. It's free to play. I play Pokemon Go. It's free to play, which a lot of the reason that game is successful is because it's Pokemon and the most successful IP and most profitable IP in the world right now. Uh, Niantic's other AR games, especially like uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite, have not been as successful. But I think Pokemon didn't didn't they didn't they also do Ghostbusters or is that was that somebody I else? Don't, know if they did or not i can't remember i know that niantic had you know they did ingress and then based on ingress they built pokemon go and then they did they announced they're doing a pikmin game with nintendo but as far as ghost specials i can't exactly remember i think they might have and i i got excited for it and then completely forgot about it I, i'm looking at right i mean so i think that free to play you know there are games in the free to play universe that can speak to all of us you know, I, I get Levi's point that there's not there's not so much story invested in them, which makes them a t- kind of a turnoff for him. So I, I totally get that. But there are games that, like I said, I think a racing game in the free to play universe could could work for Yield. It's just maybe you know he doesn't want to play the battle royales. So I, I think that one of the, the one of the things I will point out to Levi though is that you know if one of your you know, your favorite developers or someone like Capcom announced they were going to do a free to play game. Imagine if they hit bankroll and they made a shit ton of money off of a, a free-to-play game. Imagine then what they could reinvest into the company and things that they could reinvest, money they could reinvest into, say, Resident Evil or Mega Man or their other franchises. I don't think that all of that money, you know, if they were making like $9, $9 billion in two years, I don't think they would reinvest that, you know, into necessarily only into their free-to-play games. I think that would go... I disagree. I disagree. Um, say we've got uh, Alex Gaming, you know, you've you've got your own uh, big gaming studio, and you've you've been around for ten years. You've you've made eleven. You've employed fifty or sixty people. You know, you've you've done okay. Um, then you know, Alex Studios turns out a free to play game, 
and you make more money off this free-to-play game in one year than you have in every game you have in the 10 years past, are you going to then go back to the same thing you were doing before? Or are you going to turn out more free-to-play games and make Alex Studios filthy rich? I mean, I think once you start down that track, especially if you meet a bunch of success, I'm, I'm not saying they would completely drop out of the AAA, but I'm saying it definitely, you would not make your least profitable business uh, divisions at that point your your primary focus. Their primary focus would be... No, but I also play. look at something that could be as profitable as free-to-play as, as you know, bringing in that cash flow that can give a studio more security that can that can protect them for years to come whereas you know like i, I mentioned before like free like a triple a games you miss on a free to play or triple a game and you spent hundreds of million dollars developing it you're up shit creek without a paddle or in a, potentially in a very bad spot i get why you don't want you know why you don't want so many people to turn to free to play and you don't want that to take over and yes maybe some people would look at free to play and say oh well, we've got one successful free-to-play game. Let's make you know free-to-play Assassin's Creed or free-to-play Ghost Recon or whatever. I I don't necessarily think, though, that for me personally, I don't think I would look at that and say, okay, well, now let's just churn out the free-to-play games. I would say, I've got a hit here, and I'm going to improve that and use that as a platform and then use that money. Like, Granted, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to resurrect the Gex series and, and, and make Gex games just because I, I you know I want to spend some money. You know, there are still a lot of triple a games that can be profitable so yes i'm going to put some of that money in other areas basically like i want to protect myself through diverse diversifying when it comes to stocks and financials you have to diversify yourself and protect yourself and i see this as ubisoft or potentially you know diversifying their portfolio of games as a way to protect themselves financially in the future do i want to see them make all free-to-play games hell no do i want to see them take three billion dollars made off a free-to-play game and invest that only in the free-to-play game absolutely not I would hope that they would take that money elsewhere and see that, yes, Assassin's Creed is still very profitable. We can put some more money behind that, you know, put some more money behind Ghost Recon, put some more money behind Watch Dogs. But I I, I don't necessarily think that – for me, I see it as a potential well, – something to stabilize and secure their, their financials for years to come. Well, I, I hear your point, but I disagree with you because I think – what you have there is just an extremely optimistic view. Um, even fair, stocks, fair point. we'll say a stock investor. Stock investor um, does okay for 30 years, and then he you know, hits Amazon and Apple and a few others and just makes great money. You know, He's now investing in technology. You know, technology's booming. Um, by your point, he's going to use his gains in technology to go back to doing what he was doing before that was less profitable. I do not think so. I think he would keep investing in technology. I'm not saying, Alex, you're completely wrong. I'm not saying you're completely wrong. Yes, I do believe they would put a little money into their AAA and do other things, but I believe their focus, the lion's share of what they do, would then turn to -to free-to-play. All right, and just to clarify, uh, Ghostbusters World, which is the, the game, it was developed by Next Age. And, uh, and given the, given the uh, fact that we haven't heard much about it, I'm assuming I don't know if that game was successful or not. Oh, oh no, it failed oh, horribly. That's, that's a shame. But, but then again, I'm a Ghostbusters fan, Ghostbusters fan, and I completely forgot that it existed. So I guess I'm probably to blame for that. Yeah, failed horribly. Which is, I mean, like again, Harry Potter Wizards Unite, uh, a joint thing between Niantic and Warner Brothers. That game, people played it for two weeks, and even hardcore Harry Potter fans didn't like 
they dropped it after that much time. It's just Pokemon Go, like, you have the Pokemon franchise, and that that's just something that can just fill your coffers for generations to come. So it was... They got lucky with getting Pokemon. I don't think any other game they put in that spot would do it nearly as well. All right. Uh, Yield, you want to make any comments? No. Just well, hold no. on, Yield. Do, do you, would you get into a free-to-play racing game? I... Uh, Possibly, if done right. I mean, well, let me see. What's I mean? Look, look at. I mean, look, look at like like you and I both like Split Second. It had it had kind of a story at the end, but for the most part, it was just a fun racing game that had their that had their specific quirk. So, if you had something like that, there is a possibility. Like I said, I mean, I do Rocket League and World of Warships. Well, what is it about? We know that why you like Rocket League. I mean, you don't necessarily spend a lot of money in Rocket League, but what is it about free to play about World of Warships that you like? Are there any microtransactions? Like, what are the microtransactions like in that game? So well, you, before you before you answer that, just if you do anybody anybody buys anything off of Rocket League, make sure you use the Creative Code Proof Gamer. One Sorry. word, capital P, capital G. Otherwise, you'll never get it. <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had to do the shameless plug. Um, yeah, the microtransactions is you can buy all kinds of historical ships, and that costs real world money. But do you, or you buy or you buy into the campaigns to get a ship at the end, which costs real world money. Have you bought Have you bought so, any of the historical ships, or do you just the the only ship I spent money on was the Arizona. After that, I've I've always they give at least once a month they have what I call doubloon week. Doubloons is what is ends up being real world money. I've always played those weeks. To earn, I think you can get a hundred hundred doubloons a day, so you can get seven hundred in a week. I've always played during, definitely played that week to earn those doubloons, since they're going to give them to me for just playing the game. And I have not invested any more money back into the game since my initial forty, fifty bucks I put into it to get the doubloons for the Arizona, and I have bought. Uh, I've participated in probably five or six of the campaigns, which is 2,500 doubloons apiece. And then plus you get some doubloons back for the campaign, but not as much as you put in. And now I'm sitting at, see, I was down to, I don't know, under 5,000 doubloons. Now I'm over 13,000. All right, so you'll, I, I mean, this is kind of going to be a weird question asking you concerning what you just said. Yeah. But obviously, you you play Rocket League and you played World of Warships. Do you feel any sense of obligation to spend money, being that you enjoy the game so much that you want to support them? Or are you, and I, I don't want to sound like, make it sound like you're a cheapskate, but like, do you feel any obligation to spend money on the game since you're enjoying it so much? Or are you just content to, hey, if they're going to give me stuff for free, I'm going to keep taking it? Uh, yes. But to all of it. I mean, yes, I kind of feel like I need to spend some money. But on the same token, if you're going to give it for me for free, I'm going to take it. Um, I said from the get-go, because, you know, it's World War II, and I like World War II, you know, so you've got all the World War II ships. So when we came out, and it came out, and I'm playing through the U.S. line, the I, the first thing I said was, when the if the Arizona becomes available, I'm buying it. 
And it did. That was the first shift they the first ship they offered for purchase. And I'm like, here you go. I'm putting my money down on that ship. And it ended up being basically you figure it out, it was like forty bucks just for that ship. So their ships are most of us, if you follow the Facebook group, overpriced. But that's how they make their money. The game's free to play. You ain't got to pay a cent if you don't want to. They got the ships pretty much balanced to where even if you buy a premium ship, it's not going to be really any better than the ship you can earn by grinding. So okay. it's, it, it's just if, do you want this fancy ship? You know, maybe it's got a little bit of a faster reload time, but the armor isn't that good. It's, it, the premium ships might have a little bit of a perk that your normal ship doesn't, but then there's also a setback to it, and you have to learn the right captains or how to play it to make it as good as it can be. So I mean, all right, go ahead. No, I was, I was just, I, I was just trying to move on a little bit. Alex, what about you? I mean, obviously you enjoy Rocket League. Do you feel any sense of obligation to spend money in Rocket League to support it, even though you know you can get stuff for free? Uh, I mean, to some degree, like for the. You know, given how much free stuff they've given us the pa- in the past in updates, I mean, the game came out, what, in 2015? And over the years, they've given us new stadiums to play in. They've given us new cars for free. They've, you know, given us all different kinds of stuff, including new gameplay modes. So, I mean, I do appreciate everything they put into the game. I, you know, I spend on the Rocket Pass. I buy the Rocket Pass every month. And I don't, like, Yield will buy the Rocket Pass, and he'll save up his his credits and then he'll use the credits that he saved up to buy the next rocket pass. I'll just spend 10 bucks every month to, or every three or four months to buy the rocket pass. So, I mean, am I going to go buy, spend $20 on a goal celebration? No, but you know, I will put some, I will put some, you know, I've tried mostly just to spend the $10 on the rocket pass and then, you know, earn, earn credits to pay for other things. But if there's something I see that I really like, you know, there's like special bundles and packs, of you know different cosmetics that you can that basically is, is a better deal than just buying things outright. I have thought about buying some of those. Um, I haven't haven't bought any, but you know I'm not averse to spending money in the game. But I do think a lot of their stuff is overpriced, so I'm careful about spending in there. So I, I you know, if I see something I really like, I'll buy it. But I do find that a lot of their stuff is it, it, it needs to be cut in half. The prices need to be cut in half because it's just too much. It, you can't. Spending twenty dollars right. in a goal score or seven bucks on a pair of wheels, nine or seven dollars on a pair of wheels—that's just that's too uh, too much. All right, Levi, I'm going to pose the question a little differently to you because obviously you're a fan of Game Pass. For the games that you get off of Game Pass, do you feel any sense of obligation to purchase the DLC to help support that game? No, no, I wow. think I think. That should be and usually will be part of the service. Uh, that's like, um, you know, everybody thinks that they, they have this misconception that because it's Game Pass and because it's cheap, there's the developers aren't making any money, there's no, there's no money in it. I, I disagree. We've got to look at what streaming services have done in the past and in other industries. You look at movies and television. You look at what Netflix did. Netflix and and these other streaming services, they came in and they destroyed a monopoly. Cable companies had a full-on lock monopoly. It was such a Ponzi scheme that these cable companies charged you 100 150 a month 
to watch their advertising. 35% of what you watched was ads that they were getting filthy rich off of and then were charging you just to watch their ads. It was the biggest scheme ever. Um, Netflix and these others, they came in and they wrecked it with $10 a month, $15 a month services where everybody is, is making a fortune. I think these game passes of the world, if they follow that model, they'll do the same. They will change the industry. Um, there's plenty of money coming in 15 bucks a month at a time. If you have enough people, um, I, I see no need to have to, to pay a bunch extra to, to keep these people afloat. All right, and I, I'm going to close this out by saying I, I do feel a sense of obligation to purchase. And, like, it's hard to argue, like Alex was saying, to pay $20 for a goal. I I 1,000% agree with that. But I also feel like, yeah, okay, I'm spending $20 on a goal, but how much value have I gotten out of the game for free? So I, I, I guess me, and maybe this is coming from a jaded and – uh, privileged position, for lack of better terms, uh, because I, you know I have the extra money to spend. I don't personally don't mind overspending on a goal because I know that I'm helping support the developer for a game that I really yeah. Like. But just because you know, to be fair, again, Cyanox has given a lot of given us a lot of free stuff over the years, but that doesn't make it okay to overcharge for things now. Like I would buy, I would spend more money in the game if things were cheaper. So you've got that argument of, well, do we want to make a sale, one sale at, you know, we, do we want to sell one car at $22,000 or do we want to make more sales, but just for cheaper things? Like, do you want to make, but do you want to make, you know, how do you make more money? One big sale or a smaller, uh, like more frequent sales? No, and I, and I totally understand. Like, I'm not arguing with that at all. I'm just saying me personally, I, I, I think $20 for a goal is way too expensive. I, there's, I, I, we're all in agreement there, but what I'm saying is, I personally, I, I'm not going to go out and buy every goal at twenty dollars, but I bought the uh, Stay Puffed one because I liked it, and I didn't mind overpaying for it because I'm I'm supporting the developer. So, I mean, I, like I said, and I'm also coming from a little jaded position because I have the money, and because of that, I have, I you know, it's a little privilege for me. Because I make enough money where I can overspend on stuff. And, you know, I understand there's people out there that money's tight and $20 for a goal is just totally unacceptable. And I get that. But, I mean, I if I'm playing a free-to-play game, I, I do feel some sort of obligation. If I'm getting hours and hours and hours of enjoyment of it, I, I want to find a way to help them. If that means buying DLC that I'm not particularly fond of, but I know that me buying that DLC helps the developer... I'm more willing to do it, but that's, again, that's I get, I that's kind of silly. Not but everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, uh, we are running long, and you know, I, I did. I just looked up the time, and I know that Mr. Levi, you have to go soon. So let's go ahead and close out the show. Levi, we'll start with you. Would you have any shout outs, sir? Uh, sh- shout outs to all the people of the Be Legit. And uh, for everyone that has came and, and followed my page of, of my new business I started about a year ago, uh, you guys are all amazing and uh, keep smashing those games and um, let's let's finish out this year strong. Yield your shout out, sir. Shout out for Tricky, finally making it back to the show. Shout out to Alex for recording. 
Shout out to Levi for coming on. Talking video games, doing to be legit. Shout out to Homer Get Stuffed. Prepare to die or scum. Brain seventy six. Harry balls on you. All hanging out. Playing I'm still I'm still surprised he gets away with that name. Uh hanging out, playing Helldivers. Shout out to Nitro, Homer, and Alex for Rocket League Thursdays. And shout out to you. All the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. You guys rock. Alex? Give a shout out to the, the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horrors. Thank you all very much for continuing to support the show because, let's be honest, without the Proving Gamer community, the Trophy Horse community, we would not still be doing this. So thank you again for your continued support, everyone out there. Give a shout out to everyone in the Be Legit community, everyone out there pounding away at those games, especially Corey and Ponder, who are just blowing me away with their scores this year. Shout out to Tricky and to Yield, especially Tricky for returning this week, making his triumphant return to the Trophy Horse. And of course, a shout out to Levi. Always a pleasure to have you on, sir. I know that we had to cancel last week or at least change up the plan last week. So thank you for, for uh, being so flexible and coming on this week instead. Hey, I'm just glad glad to be on, and I uh, look forward to being on again in a few weeks. And last but not least, give a shout-out to my loving girlfriend, Ashley. We just finished Shadow and Bone today on Netflix, so I'm excited to see what television show and what series we can get into next. Speaking of Netflix, their uh, little, uh, as I believe I was talking about, Netflix is great, and I refuse to ever pay cable prices again, thanks to, to Netflix and all those services. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to my girlfriend, shout-out to Netflix, and... That is going to, uh, to close me out for the week. I will also say that, you know, since we pushed Levi back a couple uh, a week, that just means you have to wait less time to hear Levi the next time. So, good things That's do true. come out of that. All right, Alex, I'm going to tell you go watch the ranch on uh, Netflix. I watch. I have watched some of it before. That. That show's great. All right, I want to give a shout-out to the listeners. Thank you very much, and thank you again to Alex and Yield for holding down the show for my uh, absences. Uh, shout-out to uh, Sweet Mama D, who is trying to figure out the Fall Guys cheat that was uh, told that to Gareth me. That Gareth posted? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's, try- she's currently trying to Google what it is. But she doesn't realize she can't do it solo, and I'm not going to help her cheat. So, oh, we we both we all know that you're going to cheat to get that trophy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cheat to get it. Oh, I'll but absolutely not... cheat to get it. But I'm not going to help for, my for those who cheat. don't know. It's the infallible trophy for Fall Guys. Yeah, it's uh, you got to win five shows in a row. But yield, uh, I'll get I'll get with you during the week, and uh, we can farm that. Yeah. Uh, no thank good scallywags. Uh, hey, listen. I'm a trophy whore. I will do what I have to do to get a trophy. I've played but, the game. I'm not overly thrilled with it, but if I can find a way to farm out those five wins, let's do it. <laughs> uh, with that being said, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Later. See ya. Bye, guys.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.